drawdown is something that we really want to look at. What percentage does your portfolio come down from the high? That is the risk that everybody remembers. And that's the one that really tends to hurt people. They feel that type of risk. They don't feel standard deviation, this cold statistic. What we tend to remember is what was the highest value my investments were at? And we always kind of anchor to that. Welcome to the Market Call Show, where we discuss what's happening in the markets and the impact on your investments. Tune in every Thursday on Apple Podcast, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to the Market Call Show. This is Louis Giannis. I am the founder of WealthNet Investments. Today, we have an interesting topic, and I'm really excited about diving in, so let's get going. Hi, this is Lewis Youngs with the Market Call Show. Do you ever get in a situation where you buy a book and this book has got you so excited? You've been thinking about buying this book. You're waiting for this new book to come out. It finally came out and you got it and you're like a kid in a candy store. Well, that's kind of where I'm at right now. I've been waiting for Campbell Harvey to come out with his book, Strategic Risk Management. And I haven't gone through it all. In fact, I kind of skimmed through the whole thing, but I went through the intro in the first chapter. But Campbell Harvey wrote a book along with Sandy Rattray and Otto Van Hemert. Hopefully I didn't kill those names. But the book is about designing portfolios and managing risk. And it's so funny because my family just rolls their eyes when they see these books come in. I get books like this all the time. But what really got me about this particular book is it's written by a gentleman, and I would love to get him on my podcast, who has done a lot of consulting with companies that do quantitative investment strategies. And he has a lot of things to say about different types of strategies that people are employing now, and kind of the way we used to invest and how we should think about investing in a different way now, especially when we're thinking about trying to get returns that are reasonable without sticking our neck out too far. So and when I just go through the chapters, you might think they're a little geeky, but they really are exciting from a practical standpoint because they can help you build a better portfolio. And as an investment manager, we're always looking for ways to improve. Chapter one is seeking crisis alpha. So there's a discussion in this book about how to use strategies that have the right kind of convexity, which is, I guess you would call it a technical term, but basically to have portfolios that can complement a traditional stock and bond portfolio. So you allocate a certain amount of money to certain types of strategies that will have non-correlation to stocks and bonds and then give you better, smoother returns, maybe even higher returns over the long run, especially when you have a period of time when the stock market is overpriced. If a lot of people believe that's the case, I personally believe that is the case right now. Then you want to have these types of strategies. So seeking crisis alpha is really talking about how to get skewness because there's a lot of statistics out there that are being used. They're based on modern portfolio theory and they assume that the markets are normally distributed. And what they mean by that is that it's kind of symmetrical in its returns. So like you have an equal probability of certain types of up moves versus down moves. And we all know that that's not the case, that we have sharp declines, high volatility declines in the investment world. 
So he talks about how you can adjust your portfolio strategies to get what's called positive skew. Because all else being equal, we all want positive skew. We want more upside than downside. It's just a smart way of thinking about managing money. And he also talks about, can you crisis-proof your portfolio? And he goes through this concept of like, yeah, you could do a perfect hedge with options, but it costs a ton of money, and it's not really practical. But if you use other strategies that are dynamically going long and short, that could help a portfolio. He talks about volatility targeting, and there's a lot of evidence about ways to volatility target and how it can actually be scaled in a way to help your risk-adjusted returns look better and have better performance. So there's a talk about that. He's also talking about rebalancing. And this one really hit home with me when he talked about rebalancing because he used software and technology to help us rebalance portfolios. And what we've noticed is that if you have a stock, like for example, recently we have a company, Ford, that we bought. And believe it or not, Ford stock has been really on fire lately. It is one of our best performers recently. It took off very, very nicely. And what happens is, is we have these bands where we say, hey, we have an acceptable amount of money that we want to have in each individual security. And we base that percentage or those bands based on the opportunity of the investment as well as the volatility, its diversification capabilities in the overall strategy. So anyhow, when you have this drift, when the, the, the stock moves higher or moves lower, it can move dramatically away from your target allocation. And Ford rocketed higher and immediately went to the upper end of the range. And this actually led to us changing our upper range parameters because what we want is that positive skew. We don't want to cut back on investments too hard especially our winners, because you want to hold your winners and cut your losses short. Not to talk about that too much, but that is something that really, really makes a difference in a portfolio, how you rebalance. A lot of people just automatically rebalance portfolios as if that's going to be helpful. But in actuality, what can happen is you can put money, good money after bad. So if something goes down in value in a normal automatic rebalance, you'll buy more of it, for example. And maybe that thing that you're buying more of is not going to do well in the future and you have negative momentum and you should not be buying that. So there's some evidence that he brings forth that maybe that's not the way to go. And the evidence does support that. In fact, when I wrote that article in Volatility Adjusted Momentum, I wrote an article on that years ago for the Charter Market Technicians Journal. And then I also wrote an article or a chapter in the Risk Management book published by John Wiley. I talked about how you could do that. I was looking at studies that I was doing back then that kind of showed the same thing. But I love his studies because he really took it to the next level. And he did much more analysis on that. If you worry about your investments, need to make complex financial decisions, or pay unnecessary taxes, a lack of proper financial planning and investing may already be costing you a great deal. When you are ready to turn your peace of wealth into peace of mind, go to WealthNetInvest.com and click on the Schedule a Call button to talk to us and get a free consultation today. 
He also talks about drawdown control. Drawdown is something that we really want to look at. What percentage does your portfolio come down from the high? That is the risk that everybody remembers. And that's the one that really tends to hurt people. They feel that type of risk. They don't feel standard deviation, this cold statistic. What we tend to remember is what was the highest value my investments were at? And we always kind of anchor to that. We anchor to that number and we say, oh, well, now I'm off that high. How much am I off that high? And that really is something that you feel. So that's a better measure of risk tolerance. And so he talks about how do you manage drawdowns, drawdown control, using different types of risk reduction rules, which helps a ton. And he gets real geeky, talks about heteroscedasticity of U.S. stocks and things like that. But this is really, really important stuff for proper management of your portfolio. And he also goes into this man versus machine chapter where he's talking about macro funds and the way that different hedge fund styles affect performance. And also just a ton of things about how with strong computers and artificial intelligence and all this, this really is changing the game in some ways. There's some things that will never change about investments and we always want to be focused on those evergreen concepts. But we also need to be cognizant of what's happening in the computer world. I recently got interviewed for Authority Magazine, and they asked me a question about what I thought about day traders, because there's a lot of people that are day trading right now. And I started thinking about that as I was answering the question, and it really brought to light what we have personally seen and what a lot of investors have seen. The game has changed quite a bit. There are some large institutions that have very fast technologies that are ahead of you and me and the average person, and they can place orders ahead of us. So we have a little bit of a different game in executing short-term trades. So I'm not a big fan of the day trading. And in fact, I think it's become a rougher game for many different reasons. And I mentioned that in the article. If that article comes out in the near future, I'll be sure to share that with everybody. I'm not sure exactly where it's going to be published yet. It may be published in different magazines. So anyhow, this is a great chapter because there's some discussion about all the risk factors that are involved with man versus machine. And I'm a big believer that in order to be a good investor, you need both human judgment, as well as the automation element, because you reduce mistakes when you actually use a computer, but you need that human judgment because the human brain is so adaptable and understands change. So it's important to have both. I'm not a huge fan of 100% algorithmic forever. And even the best algorithmic traders, they change their models. They have to change their models for many different reasons. In his last chapter, chapter seven, he does some out of sample evidence for COVID-19 and he talks about the best strategies during COVID-19 and the sell-off, volatility targeting. Now, this book is not for everybody. It's for somebody who is serious about managing money, really serious about managing money. But I wanted to share this with you because there are such smart people out there. And this is one of the things I always emphasize to my kids. You have to go out there Talk to the smartest people that you can think of and find in whatever area that you are interested in. Talk to them and then do your own research. Don't blindly follow things. Do your own research, but talk to smart people. This is one of the best books out there right now for serious money managers. Highly recommend it. Pick it up. Oh, and one more thing. I always track the financial planning world. So I get this magazine called Financial Planning Magazine. 
And there's just a lot of things that people are talking about. And one of the things they're talking about right now is the annuity paradox, talking about new contracts that are not so laden with all the commissions and high fees. I have a love-hate relationship with annuities because they have so many different types of contracts. 90% of them are really things that we would never talk about. We don't do annuities in general. We'll advise people on them when they come in if we're doing a financial plan with our financial planning service. But beware of these annuities. If you're out there and somebody is pitching an annuity to you, be aware of those. A lot of times you're better off doing blocking and tackling stocks, bonds, real estate, having a diversified strategy of assets as well as a diversified strategy of how the strategies are put together, the sub-strategies within your portfolio. All right, well, that's all for now. I'm Louis Yana signing off and hope to talk to you soon. Take care. For the latest episode of The Market Call Show, make sure to like, subscribe, and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Go to marketcallshow.com for all our past episodes and sign up to get alerts for new episodes. If you enjoyed the content of this episode, please leave us a five-star review and comments. The information in this podcast is informational and general in nature and does not take into consideration the listener's personal circumstances. Therefore, it is not intended to be a substitute for specific, individualized financial, legal, or tax advice. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a final decision. WealthNet Investments is a registered investment advisor. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where WealthNet Investments and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. 